Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. First up on today's show, I was away and I heard the result. And as a loud man, I absolutely winced. Will I remind you, Dublin 5 goals and 21 points, Louth 10 points. And Dublin did that with 14 men. Oh my God, what a whacking that was. And, you know, it turns thoughts to the whole championship and the structure of it and games like that. And there have been a lot of one-sided games in the championship this year. And if you look at this morning's qualifier draw, basically most teams in round one of the qualifiers are from divisions three and four, the exception being Monaghan. So what does it say? Where should we go with the GAA Championships? I know this morning there's been a lot of talk. GAA President John Horne has been on the airwaves about it. I'm joined now by a man you know well, former Mead star, Simon's Town Manager, Sunday Game Pundit, columnist and school principal. And we've spoken about it before and I'm really grateful that he's taken time to join me today. Colm O'Rourke, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jerry. Thanks indeed for taking my call. Now, I mentioned there, Saturday was a painful day for loud people. Very, very painful. Is it time, is it now time, as the President said today, to start looking at this afresh and split the Senior Football Championship? Well, I think it's about 50 years too late. Right. I think the GEA should have been doing this, like because it hasn't changed much. As long as I'm going to football from the 70s, 80s, 90s, you always had this sort of thing. And uh, the same few counties dominating and the majority of the counties, probably 24, 25, never in with a realistic chance of ever winning anything. Now, when I was playing, I was quite happy to have a championship when <clears throat> Mead and Dublin were able to meet in the Leinster final every year and we were able to win some of them. But uh, at that stage, I never bothered thinking of anybody else who was... Uh, down at the bottom of the pile. But uh, as you get older, you begin to appreciate the whole idea of uh, equality and fairness much more. So, Colm, there's two-tier suggestion. And the president, I would listen to him, John Horne, seems quite adamant that this is going to happen. They've set up a review committee now with a new chairman to uh, chair it, and they're going to look at uh, Eddie Sullivan as the chairman, a, a decent man and a GA man to the core as well. Is, is two-tier sufficient, that you would have a, the All-Ireland f- for Sam Maguire and a second competition? And what way would you see it splitting? Would it be an even split, or would there be less teams in the top tier than the second? I suppose the reality, Jerry, is that uh, the 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 first tier is made up of probably uh, Dublin, Kerry, Tyrone, Galway, Donegal, and we probably talked before Saturday Mayo, and after that, there's probably not too many. So, uh, if you were to look at, look at it from that point of view, you'd have very few in the first tier. But like I, I always, I was on the first review committee that set up the backdoor championship in 2000. But before that, again, I was on a group who recommended a much more radical uh, streamlining of the championship in 1999, and it was thrown out at Congress. It didn't get the support, 
And that was to set up uh, several tiers of competition, but it was to do away with provincial championships. And uh, that, of course, got voted down at the time. And from that, then, there was a new committee set up which brought in the backdoor system, which I hoped at the time would only be a temporary thing on the road to a fairer competition. So I've been waiting 20 years to see some moves, and I'm glad to see the president is doing it. I had hoped maybe to be part of the committee, but I think... Having spoken to the president, I think he would have felt that my ideas were much too radical. Uh, and, you know, the GEA is a political organisation, so whatever proposals come through have to get passed at Congress. And uh, certainly what I would like to see would be just a similar type of setup that you have in every county where you're senior, intermediate and junior. Works very well. Uh, clubs in Mead, I've seen junior clubs in Mead winning championships and celebrating it more than the senior champions. So that sort of thing works well in counties. All you have to do is superimpose it on the county structure. But the other most important thing in all of this is not to lose sight that the club competitions have to run in conjunction with any new format. Clubs have been destroyed. Players now are not available to their club teams for far too long. And it's all that is doing is promoting elitism. Maybe yeah. I'll get off my soapbox now. No, no, we <laughs> want you on your soapbox. That's why you're with me this afternoon, Colm. This is what we want to hear. But you're right, because I, I had a look today. I, I printed out the counties just to look at them all, right? And I tried to highlight. I just want to add something to what you said there. These were the ones that I looked at as, t- as top-tier counties. You mentioned some of them there. Donegal, Dublin. Galway Kerry, Mayo, despite what happened the weekend because of the recent record, Monaghan, who've been there, thereabouts, Roscommon have been decent, and Tyrone. That gives us eight. I have question marks over Cork and Meath. Look at where Cork are now. You're ruling out a huge county, but they wouldn't be in the top tier. Oh, absolutely not. But, uh, like, if you look even at the top tier of the league, like, uh, there's nearly two divisions within the first division yeah. every year. And uh, over the last few years, like, Cavan and Roscommon have been sort of yo-yo counties up one year, down the next, Kildare, also in that sort of thing. So within the first division of the league, and the league is a great competition because there's mm. teams of equal standing playing against each other, and that's what should be mirrored in the championship. Which, if you look at the first division, like... OK, Dublin didn't qualify for the league final this year, but it's always Dublin, Kerry, Mayo, yeah. Tyrone, really. Yes, yes, that, that's true. Are. The other thing that, that that I was just thinking as well, and I know it's not even been talked about now, Dublin's vast, column. Look at the amount of clubs they have, the resources they have, where they are now, and this unending, it seems, stream of young players as well. And if you look within the Dublin administration block, there is actually South Dublin, Fingal, Dunleary, Ratdown, and Dublin. There are four units politically uh, around the city. Is, yeah, well, is, 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 it, is it time to talk about splitting Dublin? I haven't heard anyone mention that. Or is that gone? Oh, no, I've been beating that drum for quite a while. In fact, I was told to shut up last year on the Sunday game one time because I was going on so often about it. But, like, if somebody is to tell me that the GEA for the future is going to be a fair organisation and Dublin with close to one and a half million people and Leitrim with 30,000 and Loud, Loud, for example, Loud have a decent population. But if you take uh, the clubs, Ballyboden and Kilmacud would have a bigger pick than probably 10 counties in the country. Mm. So, like, fairness, equality, like, 
I go back again in 2001 or 2002, around that time, a high power committee of the GEA recommended that Dublin would be split north and south. And it was supposed to come into effect. They were supposed to have two minor teams and there was to be a division of resources. And I go back again to participation. If Dublin had two or three or four teams, like that's the model we should be promoting for the future. It's not a model of domination the GEA is about. The model should be about participation, equality, fairness, and give an opportunity to young people. Like there's thousands of young fellas stand on Hill 16 every year and are never going to get a chance to play with Dublin, whereas they would if there was a division there. So, like, if you want to win, Dublin want to win 10 All-Irelands in a row, fine. But it will not do anything for the GEA. That is so true. How would you decide? That's something I was thinking of before our chat here. Like, uh, you've rolled out counties there. I've picked a few from a list here. What would be the deciding factor in the first year for the top uh, versus the second? Well, you'd have to do it on league standing and, I suppose, championship performance over the last couple of years. So, Mm. Uh, you know, people say, oh, we wouldn't agree to that. We might be in the second division or the third division. Well, that's tough. You know, counties are in a particular division because that's what their current standing is. And people have said to me, oh, you wouldn't say that if Mead now are going to be put down into the second division. Well, again, you know, we have to accept what we are. And the opportunity is there to play yourself out of it in one year by winning whatever uh, division one or division two or whatever you're in and coming up so like it's not the end of the world mm. it gives an opportunity for counties to promote themselves and do a lot of good work at underage and but the most important thing Jerry I go back to is any new system has to give equality to club football that is not happening at the moment so promotion and relegation would form part of this so back to the provincials and then the leagues just let's look at those in turn in context what would you do with the provincial championships would you scrap them you said this to me here before I remember when you were in with me I'd get rid of them in the morning if I could, even though I loved winning Leinster Championships with Mead and I was fortunate enough to win five Leinster titles with Mead in my time and every one of them I really thought highly of. But again, if you look back at it, how many counties have a realistic chance of winning a Leinster Championship? Or uh, look at Munster. Mm. Munster is a joke. It's total domination by Kerry. What good does that do for Waterford or Limerick or Tipperary or Clare? Absolutely nothing. So, like, I think the provincial system has actually choked the development of football in an awful lot of counties, not promoted it. But one of the big problems at the GEA, you're going to have all of these committees who decided important decisions that will be stuffed full of important people from provincial councils, and they will block every opportunity there is to do away with the provincial championships. Like, the provincial championships, you know, they are... They have had their value, and of course, the Ulster Championship is certainly competitive. But again, like, is it doing anything for Antrim or for Mana in Ulster? Not the thing, and you're 100% right in what you say. And that's the sad part, you know, that people, you need vision. There needs to be change here. It's crying out for it. What about the leagues? You'd retain the leagues? Well, I think we should have a league championship. I think we should have a competition which starts maybe in March. And uh, I have put in proposals already into Crow Park showing the way that it would work over uh, Sundays uh, or weekends for 2020. So, uh, And the whole idea would be that you'd again have three divisions, that every team would have an opportunity to play for the Sam Maguire, that teams would come up from the lower divisions and get in a quarter-final stage. But uh, the main thing, I think, is that 
if you have two or three uh, weekends for county football in a row, say, in April, mm. then you have two or three reserves for clubs. The players have to go back to their clubs, then they go back to their counties. And that the two uh, structures can work in tandem yeah. from March to July, and then you could have your knockout phases then. But it means that county players would be available to play with our clubs during the time of year when they're absolutely unavailable at the moment. Like Dublin played a couple of games in the Championship in April. Those players, you can be guaranteed, will not play another club match until at least September, assuming that Dublin go the whole way again. And I don't see any reason Mm. to doubt that that will happen. That's shocking, yes. Players kicking their heels and time passing by. You're so right. Uh, And and that integration is so important in this whole review. Just come back to that again. So what you're saying is uh, no provincial championships. You'd run this on a three-tiered basis, the new championships uh, with a winner in each category, promotion and relegation on a round-robin league basis, the championship, yes? Yeah, a whole other way. And uh, I think it would be fantastic if you could have every county would be getting high-profile games in uh, the right time of the year yeah. to bring the crowds to venues. Like, imagine if you had big games in, in venues around the country going on every weekend at this time of the year. It would be much uh, more attractive for people to go out and support mm. their teams weather-wise than in the months of February and March when the league is on. And I, I, I think it would work much better in that regard. It would be a greater promotion tool for the GEA because, again, I go back to it, like the GEA is supposed to be about participation and fairness. It's, you know, it's not set up that a few counties should be able to dominate forever. Mm. And and the leagues, the, the traditional leagues we have now that start in the spring, they finish up, then we go into the championship. You... Oh, no, I'm just no. talking about that. We'd have one competition. One. You get... Yeah, you get yes. uh, you'd have ten or twelve teams in a division, and you would play nine or ten games starting in uh, maybe in March, and the league stages would finish up at the end of June or July into knockout. Uh, into knockout, like uh, you could run provincial uh, championships as a warm up. Yeah, a, a series of games early in the year. Yes, replace the existing league, and okay. then then have a proper system going on, say, from, yes. from March. I see where you're coming from. So, provincial championships possibly as a warm-up. League's gone in the present former, but a league system leading into the knockout stages of each of the championships and plenty of games. Counties guaranteed lots of games. Yeah, well, the big thing would be your guaranteed games at home. Yep. So, it, it would be up to each county then to promote their home games. The big... Uh, thing from a provincial council point of view is that they complain about that and say, what are we going to do to get our money? But like the overall budget could be increased dramatically by having that type of system and the provincial councils could get paid out of the money that goes back into central funds from every game. They could get paid what amount of money they take in on an annual basis. So there would be no loss to them. Yeah, so then the club game tied in with that, a specific time set aside that club games are going on through the year, as you say, not just a little burst at the start, then this massive break and picking it up again. Now, here's the thing, with what is being talked about at the moment by John Horan and this new committee under Eddie Sullivan, do you welcome that as an initial step forward or they won't go the whole hog, I take it, on your proposals? No, I wouldn't think so, no, because radicalism is not sort of one of the words that you associate with the GEA. In fact, conservatism would be much more. But I hope and I wish Eddie O'Sullivan well. I don't know the man at all, but 
I wish him well, but I think uh, I hope that the committee that's set up is not stuffed with provincial sort of secretaries and things like that, that it's an independent committee that they have uh, a, a good chance to come up with something rather different and maybe show us the way forward for the next 10 or 20 years. But central to that has to be like a vision of the future, a vision of where Dublin is going to be. Are they going to be allowed to have uh, uh, unfettered access to 1.3 million people indefinitely? Or is there going to be some attempt to try and promote the game? And it would be good for Dublin long term to have uh, two or three different teams because you get far, far bigger numbers involved. Mm. Like what's happening at the moment is total elitism in Dublin and the GA should not be about elitism. It should be about bigger numbers taking part. I think it's reflected as well. Attendances haven't been up to scratch when they talk about them, you know, last year and, and the year before as well. I know the final is sold out in the semi-finals, but there is, there's an indifference column there with people. Absolutely. Well, Jerry, you just look at the attendance in Port Leash on Saturday. I think it was 14,500. The All-Ireland champions were playing. Uh, you would think that that would bring a huge crowd alone. Like years ago, if it was 10 years ago, and uh, you had games involving Dublin and Mead, there'd be in Crow Park and there'd be 50 or 60,000. So the people are voting with their feet. They find the style of football uh, absolutely unattractive. The games are uncompetitive. And people are saying to themselves, we prefer to sit at home on a Sunday or a Saturday and watch hurling on the television mm. because there's much better value. So the, the GEA is as a product in football, and I don't like that term, but as a product, it's, it's uh, not convincing people. So therefore, there has to be changes in the playing rules. There has to be changes in the structure of it. The only team really worth going to see and play good football is, in fact, Dublin. But... Uh, so we don't want to see them winning everything. Oh everything. my God! Yes, sir. It'll just become a total bore. But you, you, you allude to the hurling there. Look what they've done. They have the McCarthy Cup, of course, for the All Ireland Senior Winners. But I, I, you look at the other counties and the other tiers, the Laurie Mar and the other ones they brought in as well, the Ring Cup. They, they've reinvigorated counties, haven't they? And given them something a day out in Crow Park for a big final and the joy that brings. Yeah, we saw Mead winning there yes. in Crow Park a few years ago in the hurling, and it was the same as if they had won the yeah. McCarthy Cup. So, yeah. like, everybody, uh, and I go back to that sort of example I gave, you know, of junior and intermediate teams winning their club championships in the county. And for them, that's as important as Simon or Screen or anybody else winning the senior championship. And why wouldn't it be? So everybody should be able to have an opportunity to win at whatever grade they play in. We're running a championship in Ireland for the last 120 or 30 years where it's uh, before you even start the championship, you can be sure it's within down to three or four or five teams. That's not healthy. Mm, absolutely. Colm, you're breath of fresh air. Thank you so much. I know you're a busy man and thanks for taking the time <laughs> as always to join me on the show. I really do appreciate it. Yeah, well, it's great to have the odd rant. <laughs> it is, of course. I'm, I'm glad to be given the opportunity. Always, and it's always here for you. Thank you indeed. Thanks, Colm. Thanks, Jerry. Take bye care, bye. yourself. Bye-bye. That's Colm O'Rourke there. I always enjoy talking to him, and he has great opinions, hasn't he? And that's what it's about, having an opinion, whether you agree or disagree. But the bottom line is, it does need a shake-up, and a radical one, and soon. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. 
That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com.